Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Christoph Nauer. He is the Amazon best-selling author of From No Time to Free Time, Six Steps to Work-Life Balance for Business Owners. And he just received an author's award from Take Center Sage, and I'm getting the scoop on how he did it. To kick things off, Christoph, what made you decide to write a book? Well, I try to keep this story short and to the point, but my coach has been telling me to write a book for years. And um, like so many other people, I have a master's degree in excusitis. And so I had all kinds of excuses. You know, I can talk, I can do this, you know, but I'm not a writer. So um, I think it was late last year, I did a training for. Uh, the person who became my coach to write the book. And so she said to me after the training, so when are you going to write your book? And I said, oh, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not a writer. So again, I gave her the spiel, you know, the reasons why I've never written a book. And then um, so she, she finally said, well, you just did a recording, for, uh, a training for my team. I said, yes, that's right. And then she said, well, don't you usually record those trainings? And I said, I do. And she said, okay, there's your book. And I'm like, yep. huh? So all of a sudden, I was like, it took her to kind of give me the little push. And kind of, and so I said, okay, hmm. Well, you obviously know what you're talking about because that's what you do. So I did go ahead and had my training transcribed. And then a good friend of mine who is an editor and well, a writer, she really is a writer. She then took that transcription and turned it into an actual book. So it was basically those two women uh, who are responsible for this. If it hadn't been for them, that book would still be somewhere in my head or, you know, the recording or whatever it was. Um, so once I realized that, I started working with um, Melanie Warner with Defining Moments. She became my book coach. And Joy Montgomery, my ghostwriter, she took my content and turned into what became this book. Of course, there's more steps involved in that, but that's in a nutshell how this whole thing happened. Um, and it's <laughs> it's a funny story, but that's just the way it is. Um, and now, you know, gosh, it's been, we launched in uh, mid-July and it uh, it's already received special status on uh, Amazon. So it's uh, it's been a fantastic journey and exciting too. That's awesome. That's one of the tips I give people all the time for one of the easiest ways to make a book because so many entrepreneurs are out there sharing their expertise all the time, especially nowadays. They're doing webinars, they're doing courses, they're doing training events, they're doing so many different things where all that knowledge is coming out, but for some reason they don't make it into a book. Like it's so easy if you have all the recordings to get someone else to help you with it. So I love that you're actually doing what I tell people to do all the time. I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 was it was an exciting journey, you know. And I think I always yeah. talk about how time can have future value, and so when you do a training, uh, record those trainings because you you create the training once and it's very time consuming. But then, you know, so you can use it again, record it, you know, so I There's talk about so that. There's so much that can come out of that whenever you're doing those recordings. I mean, you can turn it into blog articles, you can turn it into books, you can take pieces and turn it into mini trainings. Like there's so much stuff you can do 
that's still so valuable when you have those recordings. It's like, I love it when people do that. <laughs> that's kind of my, like one of my companies that I own is a content production company. So it's like content's kind of my thing. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So I love that. Like you're, you're actually doing what I tell people to do all the time. And it's just so powerful. Now having a book, how has that helped your business? How are you, how are you using it now that you have it? Well, I still have to get used to it whenever I introduce myself as a, you know, blah, blah, blah. My name is, you know, and, and stuff that people don't really care about, you know, what is it that you do? You know, it's the, the part of the infomercial that nobody cares about. Uh, but, <laughs> but saying as part of the infomercial, I'm a, you know, I'm an Amazon best-selling author, you know, I have to really rem- remind myself to include that in the introduction, you know, because it's, that's what I've been told. And so uh, it's an awesome feeling. You know, I have uh, in, uh, the little award that I received, I have it on the bookshelf behind me. So when I'm on Zoom, usually it's up sitting on the top left-hand corner, uh, you know, so I try to show it off, you know. Um, but <laughs> it's definitely it, uh, a credibility factor for knowing your craft, you know. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. You know, and having it on my homepage, you know, get my book, you know, it's right there. Now, of course, it's linked to Amazon, but that doesn't matter. It, it's right there. It, it's it's exciting because I think what it does, it, it establishes an expertise. You know, you become, when you are an author and a, a published bestselling author, it just gives you more um, ex- expert status. You know, I mean, it just does something that, and I've always wanted that, you know, these people in the network, you need to hold up the book and say, yeah, but, you know, and I was like, hmm, that's kind of cool. So my book right now is just an ebook. You know, the printed version is coming out probably about the end of October or no, early November. Because there's still one of the things I'm doing right now, listening to my book, Coach. Because as a coach, I want my clients to listen to me and do what I do. So I need to do the same when I hire a coach. Uh, So she's recommending that I, you know, now that I have best-selling status, I'll find more uh, either co-authors or or book sponsors, you know. So, hey, this is a best-selling book. If you provide an excellent service for business owners, do you want to be listed in my book? You know, now, so you have to, in order to be considered, you have to have a service that's a benefit to business owners. And there will be only one per business category. You know, so I wouldn't have three bookkeepers in there or three CPAs. That wouldn't be nice. That'd be, you know, so that's what I'm working on right now is adding more um, sponsors or guest authors before the print version then comes out. That's a neat approach, though. So, like, that actually accomplishes something else I tell people to do all the time, which is collaborative content. It's a great way to meet people that could potentially be clients or could refer clients to you when you work together to produce any kind of content. It can be things like podcast episodes. Obviously, that's an easy one, or blog articles or books. But you're working together on that collaborative content strategy. That was one I learned from um, James Carberry. He has a book called Content-Based Networking. And he Mm. talks about that strategy in that book. So that's one really cool way to use books. I've also seen people do some neat things too. Like they'll um, mail their book to a new client, part of the new client onboarding. So it kind of indoctrinates the client, gives them something physical in the mail. And it's a cool approach. So -hmm. I've seen people do that. I've also seen them mail their book to potential clients. 
So somebody that they wanted to get in the door of, and they can use that as like a snail mail way to get in and be like, you know, Hey, I would love to talk to you, but in the meantime, here's my book kind of thing. Okay. So there's some cool things you can do with books. So it's like, as soon as you said you had one and you had the best selling status too, it's like, let's talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know that's something so many people need to do. And obviously you specialize in helping entrepreneurs that say they don't have time. Like that's your kind of niche. And I know that's a really common excuse people have for putting off, you know, writing a book or building a course or doing any number of important things in their business. Like, do you have any advice for somebody who is just like, you know, putting it off because they don't have time? How do you just overcome that hump? You mean the famous procrastination? Yep. Yeah. There's, there's two types of procrastinations. You know, there's one that's a good one and then there's one that's a bad one. The good one is the proactive procrastination. And what that means is you look at all the things you have to do and decide what things you can drop or can, things that can wait. You know, this all goes back to my training by Brian Tracy uh, on when I took his uh, um, certification program a few years back as a time management master. And his training is based on his book, Eat That Frog. And I always say to folks, that has nothing to do with a culinary dish. It really has to do to tackle that biggest and most challenging. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> biggest and most challenging task first. And I just talked to a client a, a week ago, and he talked about you know him um, dabbling in not eating the frog, basically. And that's the that's one of the things I see constantly. We we do the things that are easier. It's like water. Water seeks the easiest way down. A hill you know so we are like water we look we look for the easiest way and do the easiest things first but what that really does is the big challenging task is still there it's not going away what it does it makes it become bigger bigger and more challenging and and like like you're having a backpack and you add a rock to it every day you know eventually yeah. it just kind of pulls you down and then what that does too, it zaps your productivity, motivation, energy, the whole nine yards. You know, so you look back at a time when you tackled the challenging task first, you feel like a million bucks afterwards. It gives you new energy. You feel excited. You know, what's next? So you, your productivity goes to the roof. And that's exactly what he's talking about. So decide on what things to procrastinate on. It's the proactive procrastination, and that's a good one. The other one is not tackling the things, you're not eating the frog, basically. And ultimately, you have to ask yourself, what's the most, the best use of my time today? You know, we all get 24 hours. Nobody gets more. Warren Buffett says it great. He says, I can buy anything in the world I want except time. So we need to decide, okay, how do we want to spend our time? Is this particular item enough, important enough for me to dedicate time to it? And if it's a big task, break it down. You know how the saying goes, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, but not tackling it is, is just getting, you know, it's not going away. Plus you don't see the results. Yeah, so, and I know that sounds like a lot of, you know, just kind of mental fluff and, you know, hokey to some people out there. But I, I mean, I started doing it. I, I bought the book, Eat the Frog. 
Um, I had a coach that was telling me about that strategy and recommending that everybody do it. He was talking about more like in your quarterly planning, like, you know, take your big frog and go after it first. But like, I started doing it every day. Like I worked it into my daily planner. I put that down. I started doing it. I'm not going to say I'm perfect. Some days I take the easy path, but um, most days I try and do the frog and it it really does kind of help. It seems so weird that such a simple strategy would actually work. But it really, it does. It sets that tone a little bit more for that thing that was just like weighing on you that you're dreading doing. That's just, you know, it's going to be time consuming. It's going to be awful. And you do it when you've got your highest energy in the day. Like when you first sit down to mm-hmm. get started, right. you're like, Ooh. like, I think one thing for me was, um, you know, I used to check my email first. I'd sit down, I'd check on my email and then I would go to my task list. And by then I'm kind of sapped. Like my energy's a little gone. So when I started doing the frog before email, that was a game changer for me. Yep. Um, it just made the whole thing work better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and, and, that, and, and you, so that means you're familiar with uh, Brian Tracy's uh, priorities, prioritization process, the ABCDE method, you know, and you, the A or the, the frogs, you know, and don't do a B task as long as there's A task. And the big one for my clients is the D and the E, delegate, eliminate. You know, yep. so don't do things that could be done by somebody else. And so many people, you know, yeah, they. And I've they, never thought about like having that procrastination be positive. <laughs> that was a neat thing that you just said. Like, you know, there is a world in which procrastination is positive, and that makes a lot of sense. It's like, yeah, I, I even set my little daily planner thing that I do up that way so that it's got. Um, got my frog and it's got like my I guess this would be A's my must do's then my should do's then quick task I could do if I got 15 minutes before a meeting and then if I can I'll get to these well I can tell from what you're just saying you're totally doing the stuff that I talk to my clients about and and what it is is you, you productivity just skyrockets you know and I think yeah. the, the other method that he's talking about is the famous 90 50 90 you know 90 minutes uninterrupted time working on a project take a 15 minute break and do it again and the key in that is the uninterrupted you know so phone off email off everything off you know you close your office door if you tell if you have people living with you you tell them when the door is closed that <laughs> means do not enter you know, and I, some of the clients, I asked them to, to actually put a little sign on the door, do not enter. And then they have to then enforce that. Some people can't read or don't care what's on the door and still walk in. And so that means you have to then not answer that question, but tell them, hey, pff, bye. You know, so things like that. Um, but it, it's absolutely stunning. You know, if you if you implement that 90, 15, 90, you, you just you're killing it. Yeah, and now it's like I'm still working up to that. It's like I've managed to do it when at least while I'm doing my frog. Mm-hmm. It's like I try and avoid any interruptions while I do the frog. And most of the time, the frog can be done in 90 minutes or less. So that I guess I'm kind of doing it in a way without intending to do it. Yeah, well, and whether like, you're doing consciously, or, yeah, exactly, yeah, and that those are huge. So yes, I mean you obviously you you have you're learning from the best uh, Brian Tracy I've been on his uh, email list for ever since I started my coaching practice so he is just fantastic plus the other things I've been told for years but you know it's like they just sound like that can't really be that big of a deal you know like it just there's so much disbelief I feel like (laughs) it's like I've been I've heard that you should do these things 
but it was when I finally just said, you know, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to try it and I'm just going to see how it works. And it did. I mean, I think you still kind of lack the accountability component sometimes. Like it's hard to be personally accountable. And I think as we're working with a coach like you kind of makes a lot of sense too. <laughs> Cause like you kind of need someone to be like, okay, well maybe this piece doesn't work exactly like that for you. Like 90, 50, 90 might be impossible. You might not be able to focus for 90 minutes at a time. Maybe you're somebody who really struggles with that and you need to do 45 minutes with, but like working with somebody who has experience helping you through that, I think is really powerful. Yeah, I think you said the key word here, the accountability. You know, I mean, I use that in when I I use try to use storytelling to illustrate some of my points I'm making. You know, I way back when, you know, I grew up in Switzerland in Zurich and I used to go to the gym with a friend and that was before cell phone, believe it or not. So when when he canceled and said, Hey, I can't make it today, guess what happened? You know, <laughs> the chances of me going by myself dropped by about seventy five percent. Again, going back to what I said earlier, you know. Uh, excellent at making up excuses and and so having that set appointment you know hey you know we met i think it was twice or three times a week and at a certain time where we would meet at the gym you know and that accountability having somebody to do that with uh so like that's what i say when f- folks have a hard time going for walks or runs or whatever that is like hey why don't you go with somebody you know then it's more likely to happen and of course as you said one of my roles is accountability and say, Hey, did you do what you, we said we go, you were going to do? And if not, why not? So you know, once you know why you didn't do something, then you can actually do something about it. Now that kind of dovetails nicely into my next question that I had for you. Like in your coaching business, like you niche down into a very specific pain point, time management. Now I'm assuming you help with more than just time management, but a lot of your marketing materials and stuff speak to that. And I know that's something I tell people to do all the time, get really hyper-focused on solving a specific pain point and dig in from that. Like, was that always your focus or did you do like a lot of us do and kind of start broader as a coach and work your way down into that being like the biggest pain point or like, how did that work? Yes, kind of, you know, as, as you, once you get trained as a coach, you know nothing. I mean, you know, you may have a little piece of paper, whatever it is, and that's <laughs> that's when you realize how little you know. Um, so it, it's basically, uh, it was about four, four or five years ago where my coach told me that it was time for a, a, real, a branding, a rebranding. And that's when uh, my branding coach basically told me you need a new business name, new logo, new website, basically knew everything. I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, that's the scary part is, is when the, I always say the growth happens once you're willing to step outside your comfort zone. And I was pushed way out of that comfort zone, but I knew I had to do it. So that's when I came up with the ba- business name Balance 6. And the six that we, I believe we need to balance are time and money, health relationship, self-improvement, and higher power or spirituality. If we balance those six, that's when we're our best. And time is the overarching, you know, thing, everything that keeps it all together. You know, how we allocate time to these six areas is really what it's all about. So how this, this is how it came about, you know, and so... Uh, realizing that that we all have the same amount of time. Nobody's better at it, you know. Nobody's better 
how rich or poor you are, it doesn't matter. You, we all get the 24 hours. Now it's up to us how we use that. And having, you know, been married for over 30 years, raising three kids, my wife and I, we were always working full time. And so you chuckle a gazillion things. And what happens then is the last thing you do is something for yourself. Now, if you if the last thing you do for, is something for yourself, that means you eventually run out and empty. You get resentful. You get you know all the things, the emotions that that come with that. And as a parent, it's not fair to the kids because they see, oh, what parenting is all about. Oh, okay, a parent is resentful, stressed, tired. You know, they make the list. So. Self-care, I realized, is something that is critically important and is an A task. It's not an E task or a C task. And so I use this in my trainings, too. I tell this story where my wife and I finally said, you know, we need a break. So we hired a babysitter. And as we were pulling out of the driveway, the kids were standing on top of the driveway with the babysitter, and they were chanting. They were chanting, party, party, you know. <laughs> and my wife and I look at each other and say, there's something wrong with this picture. We feel guilty for leaving them with a babysitter and they're throwing a party, you know. Now, of course, things are different with a, with an, uh, with a babysitter or uh, an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent. Of course, that's the way it should be. But it gives the kids a chance to have a good time with whoever is watching them. And it gives the parents a chance to recharge their batteries, you know. So that's the, you know, the self-care in the, in the category will be the relationship part. You know, if you're in a committed relationship, have a date night once a week so that you don't look at each other 10 years after you got married and had kids. Hey, who are you? How come we're living together? You know, uh, but that quite often happens because, you know, there you go. The kids arrive. The focus is the kids and the careers and the jobs and the two Parents, they kind of like, you know, they're passing like ships in the sea, you know. Yeah. Um, I know that's really important to do. I mean, as my kids got older, you know, they're 16 and 18 now, you know, about to be 17 and 19, but they're getting old on me. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, they actually get excited when me and David go on date nights. I mean, they're like, my daughter will be like, we've got it. You know, my dad lives with us. They're like, we'll take care of grandpa. I'll make dinner tonight. It'll be okay you two need to go out and have fun. It's like, okay. Yes. If we need to. Yeah. And it's just mm -hmm. a different world, but I mean, I've yes. been really like, I've always involved my kids and in what's going on with the businesses and help them understand, like, you know, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Like it's for your future and ours. And like now they, you know, they work with me on it. And uh, my son's actually the one that produces these podcast episodes for me. Um, so it's like they've both kind of gotten involved with it and just taking a different approach. But yeah, I love that, that self-care tasks. I mean, they do have to be an A. You yes. have to make time. And it, you do feel different when you do. You feel guilty to start with. Mm -hmm. Like you really do. But after a little bit, it's like, okay, I need this. Like I've started getting a lot more selfish with just my schedule. Like every week I block out like that week and the next week. Mm -hmm. Like I lock it down. Like no more new appointments. Right. You know? And so that has been a game changer. Yes. Because yes. like so many people have my calendar link nowadays that, you know, I'll have myself mentally prepared for that day. And then a meeting would pop in and it's like, oh, wait, what? No, I had my time scheduled for today. I knew what I was going to do. And now this threw me off. 
So it's like just being able to do that and know that this week is set in stone unless I choose to let someone in. Right. That's just been a game changer. Yep. Yeah, we have, you know, I mean, one of my clients says to me, hey, ah, so that's so nice that you give me permission to put myself first. You know, it's like, you don't need my permission. <laughs> Another client said, similar to what you said, you know, I'm becoming really greedy about my time. It's like, awesome, good, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I mean, it's all you about. Have to. Yes, you have to, exactly. I mean, you and, just have to. You can't plan your day. You can't, it's like having your frogs and stuff like that. If you're letting other people change your schedule, then you, you can't plan because it's like halfway through doing your frog, it'll change into another frog, you know, that's more important. And it just, you can't do it. Well, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing is we, so many of my clients give, they, they start the planning, they have a schedule, but then they'll, they'll stick with it. They give it away to others, to clients, you know, oh, but the client needs this. Well, you need to let the client know when you're available and when you're not available. You yeah. know, and, and most clients don't mind it. They really don't. Not the ones that you like working with. Now, let's not to say that every client is going to be very graceful about it. But let's be honest, the ones that wouldn't be very graceful about it, probably not the ones you want to spend your days with anyway. You know what I mean? Like yep. they need to understand and have some basic empathy and to get a little bit more organized themselves. And when my schedule stopped being so open to them, they started getting a lot more organized. They started sending me things in an email <laughs> or a Slack message instead of being like, hey, can we get on a call? And I started accomplishing a lot more getting more done because they weren't interrupting me with little five minute zoom calls and 15 minute zoom calls. And like, mm -hmm. Hey, can we get on a zoom call? And it was like, man, can you just like, that didn't need to be a zoom call. You right. could have like filmed me a quick little loom and shot it over to me and Slack and called it a day. Like I didn't, that didn't need to be 30 minutes of my life Yep. that you could have done in a five minute video. Like exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's training, training your clients, you know, and training the, the people that you work with or, if you give any away, retrain them and say, okay, maybe that was the past me. The new me is different. You know, if you want to talk to me, this is how it works, you know, or, or, you know, instead of having the, the team come to you anytime they want, I just talked to a client about that yesterday, have set times when you say, okay, if you need something from me, these are the time slots, you know, these are my open door, open office door hours, even though they're virtual, it doesn't matter, you know, so that they know. You know, that every five plus the other thing too is try to solve the problem on your on your own. You know, we have the so the internet. Oh, what's that? We have Google. What's that? You know, so we can find answers to most questions. So instead of bugging her with, well, what about that? You know, try to find the answer yourself. You might even come back with some new ideas that you can then share with the boss and say, hey, you know, I just found this awesome thing. Do you think we could implement that? Yeah, and I've seen that happen. It's like ever since I started locking my schedule, that did a couple of different things because like my team, we've got like 30, 35 writers at Content Ninjas and we have them all on Slack. So it's like we all work remotely and they can get to me anytime in there. But I also have Slack connected to my Google Calendar. So that, like it shows a little icon that I'm unavailable. I'm in a meeting. So when I locked my schedule, like I basically just create an event that spans two weeks and I just keep moving it every week so that it's this week and next week, but it shows me as in a meeting in Slack. So they know not to expect an immediate response. And I started getting a lot less questions. They started kind of troubleshooting more stuff on their own. They would talk to each other 
like we have a group thing where they can all just go ask questions. So they started asking each other questions and some of our more experienced writers would answer. And it was like, I ended up not having to do as much support for the team. Just like I didn't have to do as much support with my clients. Like they, you know, a lot of them would figure things out on their own. They started only coming to me when it made sense. That's perfect. I mean, you, yeah. you said it, you put it perfectly. That's exactly right. You know, and you, you ha people need to create a system for this stuff. You know, it's not just like, okay, let's get up every morning and start putting out fires. You know, I mean, that's not a way to run a business because you're going to be on empty real fast. Um, well, and there's a balance when you're making systems too. Like I see so many people buy all of these, like, you know, eat the frog books and little planners and they buy all this stuff and it's like they try and use it exactly the way it says and that might not work for them. Like a lot of people say to plan your day first thing in the morning, that doesn't work for me. I have to do it the night before because when I first sit down, my brain doesn't want to think about planning. And if I have to start planning, now I'm getting into my emails and looking at my calendar and next thing I know, two hours is gone. Yep. But if I do it at the end of the day, it's like I kind of know what was going on during that day and I can do my planning in like 30 minutes for the yep. next day. And it's so much faster. So it's like you kind of got to find what works for you. Exactly. I found. And it's like I think working with a coach, they have experience. They've seen people do the exact same things that you're going through. And, uh, and it's like and they've seen what the other side of it can look like and have all kinds of advice and tips and tricks and things that can help you versus you just stumbling through. Like I've probably been through 30 planners myself. And before I found one that kind of worked and I made this one in Canva and well, I just and, tweaked it like 10 times to get it where it works for me. Yeah. And that's, it. that's the key. You know, when people ask me, what's the best way you, and they said, well, each person is different. You know, uh, for me, it's, it's this thing, you know, if it's not in here, it doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so you have a planner that's a little bigger and whatever works. But the key is you you want to have, when you wake up in the morning, you want to have a GPS for the day. You want to have a plan for the day. You know what you're going to do first, the next, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm one of those that, like, my brain doesn't kick into gear. I'm not an early morning person. I have narcolepsy, so when I first wake up, I'm kind of in a fog. I've got to get that first cup of coffee down me. But I found out, like, while I'm in a, fo like, in a fog, I can work on my frog. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I've already listed out what I need to do. I have the steps for the frog. Mm -hmm. I did it the night before. So mm -hmm. it's like, I don't have to activate all executive function when I first sit down at my desk. And that's what I needed. That worked for me. My executive function kicks on more like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Well, and that's, you're absolutely right. You bring up a great point. It's you, each person has to know when he or she is at his or her best. You know, so you don't want to tackle challenging, difficult tasks, you know, at the end of the day when you're tired. But for some people, you know, I had a client, she said she was at the best like at midnight, you know, midnight to two in the morning or whatever. So, okay, you know, I, that's when I sleep. But, you know, she's she's at her best at that time. And then she said, well, you know, but then people want to meet with me in the morning. I said, well, you're not available. <laughs> Simple yep. as that, you know, your first That's appointment. That's what I started doing. It's like yeah. occasionally I'll make myself available early in the morning for different time zones if I need to, but it's not a regular occurrence. Like I, even with my husband, it's like I had to tell him to give me the freedom to get back up. Like I would go to bed with him if I couldn't sleep. I was like, I'm just going to get back up and work. If my brain's going a thousand miles an hour, it's because I need to go do something. So I'm going to get up and go do it real quick and I'll come back to bed. 
Um, and that, that's been helpful. I've started knocking out a lot of stuff that way just because that's how my brain works. Yes. And, and you, why would you fight, you know, yourself? You, yep. you know yourself best. And so it's allow, allow it to happen, you know? Especially in today's world, we can set our schedules and work with people all over the world. Like, you know, if you struggle at a different, then work with people in a different time zone. You know, like I've got a lot of clients who are Pacific time zone. They're three hours behind me and that's great. You know, it's like they're getting up and getting their day started at eight, nine o'clock in the morning. That's like 11, 12 o'clock for me. I'm good. We can do that. <laughs> you know, so it's like I've started getting a lot more clients in the Pacific time zone. Yeah. No, so why not? Like, what? Yeah, so why not? Options. Yeah, today's technology allows to do that. I mean, I've been on podcasts. I'm going to be on a podcast later again today, uh, a radio show in, in the UK, uh, then been in, uh, on a podcast in Australia uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, yeah. this Zoom reality allows for all that, you know. <laughs> yep, same here. I've got clients all the way out in Australia, over Pacific US, UK, Canada. It's like, Hey, find someone that works with you and went on your hours. Like it's so flexible nowadays and it's so easy to do But yeah, I love yeah. it. But I know we've hinted around a few times that somebody needs to work with a coach and that you're a coach. So I know I've had you like hostage here for like 30 minutes or so. So <laughs> tell us about your business. Who do you like to work with? What is it exactly that you do and how does someone find you if they want to hire you to do it? Well, the best way to find me and learn more about me is my website, balance6.biz so the word balance and then the number 6.biz they can also get the book my book from that website right there uh, they can learn about more about me and what I do uh, so that's the best place to start what I do is I have two ways to, if people want to work with me on a one-to-one -one basis they can work with again one-to-one -one or in a group setting and those are the two possibilities that they can work with in a group setting that means they there's going to be at this point, I'll limit the group size to five so that I can still give each person individual attention. Um, sessions are usually about 45 minutes. Sometimes they last an hour. In between sessions, you know, the clients are given homework. Uh, people don't like the term homework, so I call them practices. What we learn, <laughs> we practice, what we practice, we become. It's my motto. Um, and the more diligently my clients practice the things I recommend, the sooner they see results. Coaching is a long-term process. So and we live in instant gratification society. So that's why part of the, my initial conversation with my clients is always finding out how long the challenges that they're facing have been part of their lives. And most of the time it's you know years, sometimes decades. And I ask them that question exactly for that reason, because I say, you know, it takes time for you to make these changes. So most of my clients are with me, you know, a year, couple of years. Um, I ask them to make a six-month commitment, not to me, but to themselves. Again, for that particular reason, you know, you cannot expect something to change overnight. That's just not how coaching works. It took years to get you here. It's not going to get undone in weeks. It, exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. And so along the way, we celebrate baby steps. You know, so we look and focus on the things that you did do, not on the things you did not do. You know, the kind of the idea of the can and the stick, okay? I'm a care person. We don't need yeah. the stick because we already know that we things we didn't do. So they, it doesn't help for me to chastise them for not doing something. What I do ask them, though, is why they think they didn't do 
what we talked about so that we can dig deeper into what it is and uncover the things that stop them from doing that. You know, for instance, interruptions or not, like lack of planning, lack of scheduling or not time blocking or things like that. Um, I love that. Like, is there any particular size of company that you work with? Like people that are solopreneurs or that have a team or like, who are your favorites? So I work for, uh, from solopreneurs up to about 20 operators. Um, the, the business owner or the leader of the company really for them has to be part of it. Um, I, I was hired once by a, a, a guy and he wanted me to train his management team, but the management team saw an actually no, no purpose in it. They didn't feel like that was needed. And, and he was never there for the, for the sessions. So after a couple of months that, that just ended, you know, so the, that's really, I work with usually, with, uh, well, I actually work with the business owner. The business owner is always part of it. Um, we can do the entire team, you know, and so I have a client that there's, uh, it's a family business, you know, there's a, a dad and three sons working together. So we are on the call together. And so for them, they have to get clear on who is doing what, et cetera, et cetera. You know? So the clients usually have a service of sorts. So my ideal clients are attorneys, accountants, um, insurance agents, financial planners, uh, chiropractors, dentists, doctors that have the independent, you know, practice, um, therapists. So people who try... that trade time for money, basically time and expertise for money. Yes. For the, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. Cause if you're trading your time and expertise for money, you need to be really efficient with how you manage your time. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so and part of it is that, you know, people who, who do consulting service, but yeah, I think you, you, you hit it on the head. That's, that's really, that's really my, uh, my target market. Um, awesome. Well, I think that's really good. And I'll make sure that link is wherever you're watching this video from all over the interwebs, the link to his website will be on here somewhere. Um, so to wrap it up here, do you have any final like advice or tips that you want to share with our audience? Uh, a couple things. Um, Stop procrastinating. You know, that's one of the things that Brian Tracy talks about. Do something, however little it may be, every single day towards your goal. Just a little thing, a little something. So at the end of the day, you want to feel content with what you, with your accomplishment. There's nothing worth, worse than getting to the end of the day and feeling frustrated and, and disappointed at the results you know, I haven't done this. I haven't done that because that saps energy out of you. Just take little steps Two, have a plan for every day. We talked about that before, like Christina, have a clear plan for the day, what it is you're going to do during that day. And then stick to that plan. Learn to say no. It's a big one. Learn to say no. There's very different ways that you can do that. You know, and that can help you with how to say no, how to set boundaries. Because I only work with nice people, and what happens to nice people is that they can they get, they get taken advantage of. So, you know, so have you have to set boundaries. And last but not least, put yourself first. If you you cannot drive your car if there's no gas in it, or if the oil is gone, it's the same thing. If you don't have 
if you don't recharge your batteries, you cannot be a good business owner, entrepreneur, parent, spouse, boss. It doesn't matter. So that would be um, my couple of recommendations. Um, but there's more, you know. But please <laughs> go to my website, check it out. I have a whole slew of uh, podcast episodes on a lot of these topics right there available as well. You can obviously get my book. That's really a great place to start, you know, because if you read the book and, and start implementing some of the things that are in there, that has life-changing uh, effects on you. I promise you. Yep. So I, I love all of it. Thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing all this amazing information with our audience. This has been truly helpful. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you, Christina. Awesome. So entrepreneurs, this is your call to take action, right? Join our community at etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life. Until next time, guys. Thank you.